0: Women's Empowerment. Women's Empowerment. I wish those to be the first words of our new podcast, because time and time again it's shown that a community is lifted faster and to a greater degree when we gain a better understanding of the nature of the feminine. Hello, and welcome to the premier episode of The Fourth Phase. We're here to help our audience navigate through the fourth phase of a woman's life, menopause and beyond. Information about the subject is so dynamic that we feel a podcast is the best way to get new and useful ideas to you quickly. We plan to not only help with hot flashes, but also provide information and hints, plus additionally do a deep dive into the subject. All because we think women can find how the fourth phase could be the opportunity to recognize the best version of themselves. Our podcast is for educational purposes only, and not a replacement for consulting with your healthcare professional. I'm Christopher Henze, a documentary film director. I saw my wife Dominique struggle to understand her menopause and wanted to help. We talked together about what she was going through and information she was finding. I also started asking questions and quickly realized why she was so upset. Good information is hard to find, and a lot of what's out there is narrow, gloomy, and unfulfilling. That's why we're here, to try to change that by talking with women, doctors, thought leaders, and others who can help women feel informed, confident, and less isolated. What can I bring to the discussion? As a man, I hope that my curiosity and outside perspective can add to the discussion in unique ways. We'd like to hear your voice and thoughts. You can let us know what you think by going to our podcast host, Anchor.fm. Search for this podcast, and when you find it, you'll see that you can leave us a message or even record a voicemail. So feel free to let us know what you think. Maybe one of your comments will make it into our show. To bring in this podcast, we have myself and my good friend and co-founder, Jim Metropolis. He's a healthcare media communications and educational specialist with many years in the field. Jim,
1: welcome. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here, Chris. And, you know, knowing uh, your past work in other fields of healthcare, it's exciting to be part of this journey with you. Thanks. Well. Yeah, it's
0: going to be fun. I think we're going to find out some great things and hopefully move this subject forward. We're also joined by who I hope will be a recurring guest, my wife, Dominique DeBru. Thanks for doing this.
2: Hi, I'm Dominique. And basically I'm here because I'm a 54 year old woman going through menopause (laughs) and I want answers to the questions that I have. I want solutions for the difficult symptoms and physical changes that I'm going through. But I think most importantly, I want understanding of why I'm going through. What does this change in my life mean?
0: Yeah. And what do you think of the name, the fourth phase?
2: I love it. I've often heard a human's lifetime being cut into four periods. So child, maiden warrior, mother, father, and old wise woman, old wise man. And so that is the fourth phase. Um, It just doesn't feel that way, that that's how we are regarded in society.
0: How are you uh, feeling lately?
2: Well, what's interesting is that outside of what's going on in my life, there are times when I feel just horrible and I can't explain it. And I think one of the things that is underlying is the same feeling that I started having when I started losing my period is that dread of something that... I've had, and maybe not liked a lot of my life, but it's going away. And I don't know if I'm getting something else in its place. I don't know that I'm uh, gaining something. I might just be losing something. So it's been a bit of that sadness.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on exploring this subject in great detail with your husband?
2: (laughs) It's been very interesting, but uh, you know, You helped me through pregnancy a great deal because of your love of knowledge. As I was delving into knowledge of what was going on in my body, you were delving almost more and you kept bringing me phenomenal information, sometimes pain in the butt information. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I quite literally made a movie about the subject, didn't I? Yes,
2: exactly. Exactly. Uh, And that's the same thing that you're doing about menopause and much more on a kind of societal level and what this means in the greater picture. And that has helped me because I've been able to talk to you about that malaise or sadness that I feel and put it into a different perspective. So that's one of the things I would love to keep doing.
0: And when you started down the pathway of menopause, what kind of uh, information or support did you find initially and how did that make you feel?
2: I didn't find a lot. It was specific things such as conversations about hot flashes and what to do about them, you know, sleep loss and what to do about it. But there was a lot of conflicting information. And so I really did not feel like I could go to my doctors and have a knowledgeable conversation with them. I basically am bringing a whole bunch of questions and not knowing the right questions to ask. So aside from the fact that I couldn't find good information to educate myself, I also found a lot of anger and sadness out there from other women. So rather than having a possibility to change my perspective, I felt like I was diving deeper into, wow, this really sucks and there's no good thing at the end of it.
0: You talked a little bit about when you went through pregnancy, but you and I made this movie together, and it was actually during the making of that movie that we met Jim Metropolis, who helped us in developing it and making sure that the story was really good. And so we've known each other for a long time. Jim, what are some things that drive you to explore menopause?
1: There are a lot of interesting subjects that I know we're going to be exploring and things that are especially of interest to me, like why menopause continues to be relatively underfinanced in terms of research and why so many women like uh, Dominique who clearly no menopause is on its way yet so many women say to me that they were completely unprepared millions of website pages to learn things supposedly but they still say they were completely unprepared many women we know uh, do not recognize that beyond the hot flashes and vaginal dryness the the symptoms that are commonly known that bone health and, and heart health and, and memory and, and other things uh, may and, be affected.
0: This whole issue, it's it's one of the things that I continue to get surprised by, is it's affecting every woman as she gets older is going to experience menopause. And uh, how many women are, are
1: experiencing
0: or in menopause right now? Do you have any idea? It must be millions and millions.
1: Well, sure. We're talking about tens of millions.
0: Yeah, right. And so for something that is destined for a woman to grow older and experience. And there's so much frustration surrounding that. What is some of the background to menopause research? Do you have any thoughts on why we're here with menopause research?
1: Well, again, it's interesting to note that, again, and people would think that formal medicine and societies have been studying menopause as a subject for a hundred years, just like they've been studying other conditions. But uh, it wasn't until uh, I believe in the '70s or even the '80s, where uh, Dr. Wolf Utian and several of his colleagues actually you're,
0: you're, you know you're not serious. think that can't be? I mean, do you think that's possible? That it was a '70s.
2: No, and that angers me
0: so much. Right?
2: I shouldn't have been alive for the start of this medicine. It should have been way before me.
0: I'm sure a lot of our listeners are now just being pretty surprised by that. And so who was the person that that initiated that?
1: Well, uh, doctor Wilfold Wilfolt-Utian and colleagues uh, established the first medical associations, both on the international level and uh, in North America, to study and educate other physicians on the subject. They have to be given credit for formalizing the idea that menopause was a subject worthy of research by itself. I'm flabbergasted. Dominique?
2: I'd like to say I'm flabbergasted, but I'm not surprised. It seems like a lot more of the male-centered health problems have gotten more research and more money towards it than female-centered stuff. And that's because we don't speak up as often. We don't get loud and, excuse the word, but bitchy. often enough. I wouldn't call it (laughs) bitchy.
0: Well, you can. I mean, I guess maybe that could be a powering word. um.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Just we don't get forceful enough quickly enough.
0: Well, this, I think, is a place for people to get forceful. And anybody who's listening, if you want to leave us a voice message about how you feel about this idea, then please leave it at uh, anchor.fm. You can find our podcast and then just actually leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll use it. Uh, Jim, do you want to give us some of your opinion or ideas of some common issues that women are facing right now that you know of?
1: Well, we've already mentioned the, the most common knowns are the symptoms of hot flashes and um, vaginal dryness. But it's very important that we explore in this podcast new knowledge that we're gaining in terms of cardiovascular health and uh, heart risk, risk factors uh, that take place, uh, how they change at menopause. Osteoporosis is obviously one where many women remain undertreated and we know that uh, fractures of the hip and and spine are common after menopause and extremely debilitating. So there'll be other subjects I think that may surprise some people in terms of their association with menopause besides the ones uh, that are the common symptoms that you read about in the lay press all the time.
0: And we talked earlier about one of your goals uh, was to have uh, women be able to participate with their medical professional.
1: Yeah, you know, we live in a world now where there's an expectation that everyone is going to take more responsibility for their care. We've got to decide. We've got to pay co-pays and co-insurance and make decisions. And to do that, first of all, you need to find good information. But beyond that, you need to translate good information into knowledge that's actionable and so again i know that our hope here is that we're going to help women translate information and knowledge so that they confidently and purposefully can take actions along with their healthcare professionals and the the phrase that we're using now for that is shared decision-making. So through this podcast, women should be able to participate better in shared decision-making with uh, their healthcare
0: professionals. Well, I like that as an idea for a bunch of shows. I think other ideas that we want to explore, well, let's do shows where we rip right out of the headlines and we talk about what, what's in the headlines of the news. Dominique, you have some ideas of shows that we can bring to our listeners?
2: Sure. One thing that's very important for me is what are the actual risks and pros of hormone therapy. I think that is a big big conversation to have. And so I hope to see multiple podcasts on that. And then sex, postmenopausal sex. What does it really mean? And it's not just about the possible pain through vaginal dryness, etc. It's really all of it. What does our libido mean? There's so many possible things through that
1: really, excuse me, Dominique, a really important aspect of sexual health after menopause is not just the sexual acts, but intimacy in a broad sense. When you're active in this field, you hear a lot, even though I've never seen any statistics about it, but there are um, couples who experience problems, divorces, because of a lack of intimacy. Um, And that doesn't have to include sexual intercourse, just a lack of intimacy uh, becomes quite a problem for some couples.
2: Yeah. And the other thing that I believe that we're going to go into is listening. Listening to women and what they're going through and what they're finding, how they're finding their way through this and what they're thinking about it.
0: I've always been surprised uh, when I did the movie on pregnancy of how isolating pregnancy can be, even though you would think that that's about bringing community together, but it also has these isolating factors. And I was surprised by how isolated women feel and I'm also finding that same with experiencing menopause. And so I think listening is important so that people don't feel so isolated.
2: Yeah, I think there's a mistaken belief that since women talk a lot, they commune together a lot. Truth is that it seems, or rather I should say, my perception seems to be that when difficult things come along, women recede and they might talk on the outside, but they're not talking about the actual real feelings. And I think giving a woman a safe space to talk and to be listened to
0: right and is and, a big thing. and even the people who are listening to the podcast are helping those women who are expressing yes, what they're doing by listening absolutely. To them.
2: by listening and commenting. Letting us know what they want to hear.
0: That's wonderful. I'd like to yeah, actually talk to celebrities and see if their world of menopause is different than the rest of us. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, Jim, maybe some significant people in,
0: in menopause.
1: Sure. As we start covering some of the subjects that we already discussed, I think we'll be meeting with uh, Dr. Utian himself and Cheryl Kingsburg, James Simon nanette santoro lisa larkin and others Uh, so to our listeners i think you're going to get to meet and hear directly from some of the top people in research and communications in uh, the menopause area great any closing thoughts you guys
2: i'm really excited about this there's so much you know listening to the list that jim just gave i have so many questions for these people so i'm just thrilled
0: yeah In closing, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our podcast so that you'll be notified when the next one comes out. And I'll also remind you that you can leave a comment or voicemail message at anchor.fm. That's all for now. We thank you for listening and look forward to bringing you our next podcast soon. Bye. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Dominique.
2: Thanks a lot.